Hey, Hoopheads. Once you finish listening to this episode, be sure to check out the rest of the Hoopheads Podcast Network for even more great basketball content. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, JJ Rivera, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kenneth Wilson. And welcome to 305 Culture, a show where you feel the heat. Yeah, yeah. Let's get down to business and talk some Miami Heat basketball. Well, before we begin, we would like to introduce our our guest tonight, Jack. Uh, how do I pronounce your last name? Simone? Simone, yeah. Most people get yeah. it wrong. Props. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I did get that right. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming on, Jack. And of course, my gracious co-host, Kenneth. How you doing, man? Um, obviously, man. I'm 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 good. Always glad to be here. Um, you know how we rock, you know the situation. Not a great time to talk Miami Heat ball, but I, I love to talk it. So, uh, I, let's just get into the bullshit for lack of better terms. Yeah, let's get into it. Tonight is not a good day to be a Heat fan, although it's a good day to be a Celtics fan. And, yeah, pretty bad game overall for the Miami Heat. Defeated by the Boston Celtics at home in the Miami mashup uniform debut, 95-78. to I think it's fair to say that everybody on the Miami Heat played poorly, for lack of a better word. Would you agree, Kenneth? I mean, I think my introduction and the way I described it um, explained how I felt about it. However, I will disagree with you. Yes, poorly, but it isn't necessarily in the traditional sense of what you mean for me when you say poorly. Um, And it's this weird thing that happened for me, man. It wasn't a lack of effort. Like, they seemed to be trying hard as hell. They just weren't sharp. It was like... You're trying hard, you're giving maximum effort, but you're fumbling the ball. You're you're just you're a step behind. It's I don't know, it was very weird. Um it's literally like an alertness thing for me. It was to me I would compare it to a to an out of control race car going at full speed, but just crashing everywhere. And yeah, tonight was a pretty bad car crash. The turnovers, man, the turnovers were something else the turnovers were (laughs) i can't i can't stop saying enough turnovers sloppy ball handling sloppy passing it was just a bad night open shots not falling in it was what else can i say jack you get you got anything else to say about the heat's effort tonight yeah, well, well, Kenneth knows this. I'm from Massachusetts, actually, so I'm a little biased. I, I was enjoying the game probably more so than you guys were. But, uh, no, yeah, it, it was just a tough night for Miami going into this. Like, from the perspective of the Celtics, the Celtics have been playing terrible basketball all year. And they didn't even necessarily play, you know, amazing tonight. They shot around, like, below 40% from the field as well. Um, the Heat were just you know, off a little bit more. And the Celtics played solid defense, but like you guys are saying, the effort, something just seemed off uh, for Miami all night. And then obviously you'd probably get a touch on this, but losing Kyle Lowry midway through didn't help either. Oh yeah. That's, 
that's something that should not go without mentioning. Right, Kyle Lowry for exited. Me, <laughs> for me, yeah, man, that was so ahead. late in the game that it doesn't even matter. Not to cut you off, JJ. Um, the effort was pulled. And see, you touched on something, Jack, when you said it. And I was going to eventually say it, but I wanted to ease into it because I wanted to gracefully present and nail the point home that the Miami Heat lost. I don't give a damn how it happened. Um, it happened. But you said it. It's not that you guys played great, awesome, magnificent. It's just that the Miami Heat weren't even good enough or their typical selves to give themselves a chance. Um, and that's, you know, I guess would be the biggest takeaway. And that isn't a knock on y'all because at the end of the day, y'all did play good defense. I think it's probably some of the best defense I've seen y'all play. And I haven't watched every, you know, Boston Celtic game. Oh, no, and all it, of that it, was the, it was the best defense they played all season. 100%. Right. It's some, of, it's some of the best I've seen them play, especially across certain sequences. So I'll give them that. But from an offensive perspective, neither one of them were Mozart. So, I mean, it's just like, eh, I, I can well, like take a this loss. Band. Go ahead. More like a garage band. Absolutely. I can take this loss because it was that way and because I feel like they gave effort, but that doesn't mean that I like it anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, listen, just this is one of those things where you just take the L and move on. And we were kind of due for a letdown let game, although, you know, you don't you know they'll probably come. You just don't like it when it comes to fruition. And, well, that's... What happened tonight? Yeah, and we're not going to lie to you, Jack. We don't like the Celtics around here. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> That's we, totally fine. Not many people do. Oh, yeah, but especially us Heat fans. But, you know, the, the Heat and the Celtics have, have a bit of history. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, what else can I say? 34% shooting from the Miami Heat overall. That's oh, outrageous. And 22% from deep. Duncan Robinson shot his pants off tonight. Sure, he he made a couple threes, but he also shot a lot of them. And yeah, he shot 17 threes. That I think that's more than God. That's that's just insane in the same volume. And he made five of them at least, but that's third, that comes in at around 30 percent, which is 10 percentage points below Kenneth's usual slogan for Duncan. But hey, whatever. We didn't, we shouldn't dwell too much on that. Tyler Hero cooled off. Also, he didn't play well. Six six right. points, seven rebounds, one assist. It was just hey, a bad night all over all around for everybody on the Heat. However, I think there's something that happened. Kenneth said that it didn't matter to him. Maybe in the context of this game, since it mattered, since it happened so late in the game. But this could have significant ramifications for weeks to come which is Kyle Lowry exited the game I want to say in the third quarter and he just walked straight to the locker room with a sprained ankle and the team shortly announced that he was not returning to the game which is usually not a great sign when it's just so rapid that they announced that the guy won't return for the for the night so my thing about it is this when you talk about what all happened outside of the ultimate, you know, finality of the situation, which is a loss and, you know, the unfortunate events that happen. I don't take anything else about it for, you know, 
too deeply. Like I look at Tyler's production, and of course Duncan has been struggling, and you look at how everybody else struggled. I, I don't take anything like this or anything major away from this game because it happened like it happened. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm minimizing the results here, but because of the all-around nature and just the poor effort and the bad luck and everything that happened with Kyle not being able to finish the game and all of that that happened the way that it happened, it's hard to take any solid takeaways or say that anything from this game is going to lead to a trend. So, I mean, I just don't know what to say about it except that it was a very unfortunate night. Um, the uniforms know. are cursed. Already? Say. Yeah, I think they're <laughs> they're cursed. So, that's what I would ask Jack. What did you think about the uniforms? That's what I was just going to say. I didn't mind them going into that. My, my theory on uniforms is I always like black uniforms like a black background with like color on it that's like the the uniform i like the only thing that threw me off about the heat unis was the numbers on the back because like some of them were like angled differently like different colors is fine but the different fonts on the back of the jerseys was the only thing that bothered bothered me but as a whole i I didn't hate them I, i didn't like them as much when i first saw the picture but on court they looked a lot better yeah they looked a lot better in action Although I will say I'm a big fan of the shorts, not a big, not a such a big fan of the jerseys, but the shorts they look, they look pretty cool. I like them. And on the numbers side, Jack, that's the Heat announced that the players actually picked the number style for for their own uniforms. So you saw that they were different because this, each player picked their own number style, which was pretty cool. I think that has never happened in professional sports. So that was pretty cool yeah. to see. And yeah, let's not dwell too much on this game. It was just a tough loss. The Heat were 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 on a historical pace to start the season, so it was borderline unsustainable. Just just what I'm gonna say. Want to say? And right. And I and I'll do this. Jack, you have the stage. Is there anything you want to say about this game? And get it all off your chest, brother. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> talk talk about the Celtics. They they had two good wins in a row. After Marcus Smart basically called out the two best players on the team. Yeah, it, it was a mess in, in Boston for a minute there. And it, it probably still is to some degree. But this was the best basketball they played all season. Like I said, they didn't shoot the ball particularly well. But that has also been a trend. Jason Tatum has been terrible shooting the ball all season long. And that continued tonight. But he brought it back with a couple threes. As a whole, their bench really stepped up. Um, Aaron Neesmith, I think, who was delegated to end the bench uh, finally got a chance and he played well, so I'm hoping to see more of him. But the the biggest thing for me going into the game, looking at the Miami Heat, obviously the Heat are an amazing defensive team, so the Celtics were never going to beat them, you know, scoring a ton of points. What they needed to do was come in and play the best defense they needed to play, and they did that. And it also happened to coincide with, you know, a, a rough shooting performance from some guys. But uh, credit to the Celtics on the defensive end at the very least. I, I think that was a huge reason they were able to get the win. Uh, and like I said, it just happened to, you know, come at the same time. Uh, as that struggle game you were talking about for Miami. Yeah. Anyway, let's go on a bit of a more positive note. The Heat previously played against the Dallas Mavericks on Tuesday. It was a good win on national TV. And yeah, Kenneth's thoughts on the on the on the win against the Mavericks on Tuesday. Well, let me go first because I, I want to talk about this. I really liked... Well, why didn't you just yeah. jump right in, JJ? You, that's what well, you should have did just, instead of asking it, me and setting it, me up and then making it, it seem like you were going to give me an opportunity. Anyway, go ahead. Just, just It just occurred ahead. to me, man. Go, give, give me a break. 
Luke, sure. If you look at the stats that Luka Doncic had, 33 points, 5 assists, whatever. Usual Luka stats. But I feel like his impact on the game was as much as you can diminish Luka's impact on the offensive end with the Heat trapping him constantly, showing him different coverages almost every single time down the floor and just wearing him out. And by the end of the game, he wasn't contributing as much as the Mavericks would have hoped. Also that, I know the, the Mavs were shorthanded, but that Mavs roster is kind of rough outside of Doncic and Hardaway Jr. Jalen Brunson played pretty well, but I'm pretty sure that 25 points and 7 rebounds are not a nightly occurrence for him. But yeah, well, that, that's what struck me, I mean, to me for, for a bit. I'll offer you something on Brunson. Um, with more opportunity to create and uh, more trust from Jason Kidd, who's looking for people outside of Luka to create, to take that pressure off of Luka, um, I think that he'll show you that he can actually not say put up those type of numbers specifically get as high as 25 or so every night but i think that he could be a person that could produce for you and if you check his stats i'm not gonna say they say again exactly that but i would dare to say that he has been producing at a pretty decent clip um for this season for them however that's because again what kid wants to do around luca he wants other people to create for themselves and to be able to create a little bit for luca so that he can play off ball and conserve that energy but that is what i'll go back to when you talk about them limiting Luka and his impact on winning, I'll have to credit that to two coaches, both Spolstra and Kidd. Because when you look at what Eric Spolstra and them did, of course, you know, you talk about the defense and how they've been targeting stars throughout the season and basically playing outward from them, letting the defensive impact gravitate outwards from the epicenter, which is the stars. But at the same time, you have to look at what Kidd's trying to implement in Dallas right now, and it just isn't working for Luca at the moment. Um, of course, you have to think about the rule changes and how they impact players that go about getting free throws and, you know, playing off the ref's ability to call that foul or not. But at the same time, that system that Jason Kidd is trying to implement in Dallas, where it relies on a lot of everybody else doing just as much as Luca does for the first parts of the game, at least, um, that's something that actually impacts the way he's going to perform and look too. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from the Miami Heat defense. It's just I don't want to give them totally you know, all of the credit there either. But I do understand what you're saying. And I say yeah. that because when you look at his numbers, he still went like 30. Hold on. Let me let me, let me me be sure. I just want to be correct. I know he... 33, but he actually, shot 20, 33 points on 24 shot attempts. That's not... Absolutely. And he bad. wasn't efficient, but, you know, 30 is 30. And if they had won that game, would you care how many shots he took? Yeah, well, sometimes you got to empty the clip, but... In a reg- the way there that you they go. The- See, don't don't dress it up. I just ask, yes or no. If they had won the yes. game, would you have care how many shots he took? Nope. But that's again, all I was that, at. that's that's not usually how it goes, you know. So I, I Jack mean, and- I, I I agree, but let me let me counter there, then because I want Jack to get his stuff in too. There was a conversation tonight that one of the real problems with Tyler Hero midway through the third quarter is that he only had six shot attempts. If that had meant coming back, would you have rather Tyler took 26 shots? Ugh, I, of course. Right. If Duncan would have hit seven of those last 17 threes that he took, would you have rather him took them 17 to hit that last seven? Listen, I'm not chastising the guy for taking 24 shots. I'm just saying that it was almost a byproduct of the Heat defense and the Mavs roster, uh, uh, how okay. they're constructed. That's fair. I mean, I just... 
and, and, and I'll give you that. I'm just saying you got to play it fair on both sides. You can't say that, you know, you agree and disagree at the same time. That's the only thing I be trying to paint the picture of because it's like, you know, it's almost unfair. But go ahead, Jack. Your thoughts? Yeah, I got you. Luka Doncic right now, I was trying to find the stat uh, while you guys were talking. He's averaging around 22 shots, so that's not too abnormal for him. Um, it, it is just, you know, a matter of the Mavericks defense. I think where the Heat really killed him was, you know, if, if you're having Frank Nittalakina have to take five threes a game, you're probably not going to win very many games, right? They're, they're forcing other guys to kill you. And again, if Frank Nittalakina is the one who's going to kill you, he, he's not going to kill you, right? Oh, you're like, going to be alive a long time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's really where the Heat defense came in. And on top of that, you look on the off- offensive end too. Kyle Lowry popped off six threes, like best game uh, in a minute. So that really helped as well. Um, it, it, just limiting Luka, the same way you have to limit Giannis. You're never going to be able to stop him. You just got to slow him down. And that's what they did uh, with Luka despite the 33 points. Oh, yeah. And, of course, on the offensive end, I think this was – would you say it was our best offensive game of the season, Kent, or would you still say the Milwaukee game? Mm, because I would probably see it's tough, man, because you can look at the totality of the Milwaukee game and be like, man. But then every team and every player usually comes out scorching to begin the season, right, JJ? Right, Jack? Yeah. Well, yeah. So you so you can look at that, but if you want to look at just like when if they ever can turn the nos on what is their peak you could take that dallas game because like i said i think they had a 49 point third quarter 46 point second quarter which again which they followed that up tonight with a nine point second quarter yes nice nice (laughs) only not to be outdone by 11 point fourth quarter from some team that we know, but we're not talking about that because they beat us. Um, all right, all right. You out there, Jack? Okay, just making sure. I mean, I just want to make sure we're not the only one being sandbagged on here. But, um, yeah, so ugh, it's a tough call, man. Um, let's let the guy who doesn't have any skin in the game answer. Which one would be more impressive to you, Jack? The, the first game against Milwaukee or the game against Dallas that included that 46-point quarter? Yeah, well, I feel like from... An offense as a whole perspective, getting that production from Lowry is key, especially because that's what you paid him so much money to do. So seeing him play so well is great. But at the same time, you know, you put up that many points against the Bucks. The Bucks, it's got to be worth something because the Mavericks aren't a very good defensive team. Uh, so it's kind of a 50-50, uh, I would say. I'd probably lean towards... You know, the the Lowry game only because, you know, you could say, oh, the Bucks were missing Drew Holiday. But just to get that production from Lowry in particular, I think made it such a, a standout game. I would agree with Jack because of the Lowry factor, as he mentioned, because that's the type of production around that area. Of course, I, we don't expect him to shoot the lights out every single game, but that's the type of production that you expect from Kyle Lowry when everything's clicking. And that showed us that when everything's clicking, even Dunk, even though when Duncan Robinson struggled a bit for that game, he, he made his two three-point attempts, but he fouled out of the game. But still, offensively, that's, I think, the ideal version of the Miami Heat sans Duncan Robinson, which he'll come around. I thought he was coming around tonight. He kind of did come around, but then he cooled off significantly after that first quarter. I'm not sure if Duncan's doing too much. Um, I, I I don't know. And when I say doing too much, I don't know if 
Um, I, I, I can't explain it, man. Like, he, he seems tired. Does he not seem tired to you? Karate pointed out tonight that his feet don't look... That, like, his lift on his legs doesn't look too good whenever he's shooting the ball. So maybe maybe you're okay, on first something. Off, yeah, first off, pause. When you go too long and too short, it's because you don't have the lift. You're overcompensating with the arms or you're just coming up short, which makes you overcompensate with the arms. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm i not a shooting expert. No, no, no. no. I mean, it. yeah, you right. shot a basketball though, right? Oh, yeah, of course. I know what you mean. But right. I, I just wanted to say that that was something that Karate pointed out in the, in the broadcast that Oh yeah, you notice the situation that I you notice the situation that I noticed, JJ. That he that he had a leg situation on their head. A leg so, situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Duncan, slow start to the season. I will officially hit the panic button until after Christmas Day. I right. I mean, again, I think it's more tied to the money than the actual performance. When it comes to Duncan, you have a lot of people looking at what he got paid in the offseason. And then they're saying, you know, eight games in, well, trade him. Well, what I would suggest I mean, I would suggest like, to them to stop watching another man's pockets. Well, absolutely. You know, I prescribe to that gospel. But at the same time, it's like even if you're going to watch his pockets, give the man a chance to make a fair assessment. Talk yeah, about buyer's remorse. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said Christmas Day to me. That's the uh, that's like the soft deadline to to know if it's time to hit the panic button. And even then, it might be a bit too early. But by Christmas I time, I think by Christmas time or even Jan early January, I think that's when I think most you know what to expect from most teams every single night. I got you. Like so, just so just to kind of throw it your way, Jack. When, um, you know, if he were a Celtic, just to kind of ask you to get out. Oh, man. Well, uh, for the guy you're referring to, I don't know if you can panic on that guy. <laughs> um, no, Duncan Robinson, coming into the season, Kenneth, you know I was super high on Duncan Robinson. I think I put out a tweet saying he was going to average 20, which uh, it was a bit egregious at the time, but, you know, uh, it, it was... Man, if, if he was... averages 20, that, <laughs> we're winning the championship. We're winning the whole damn thing if we yeah. average 20. My whole idea was that he's going to get more open looks than he has because, you know, you have more spacing in Lowry. Jimmy Butler's going to be able to work in the paint and facilitate from there, which in theory made sense. But now, obviously, you see Duncan taking a ton of threes. Uh, he took 17 tonight, which is ridiculous. And he's still shooting the worst he shot uh, in the last couple of years, obviously dropping down from around 45 to 40, which is fine, down to, what, 33, 35 right now. Um, so it's definitely a, a steep drop-off. But that coming hand in hand with the big payday he got just makes it a little bit worse. So I think that's what's causing a lot of people to try to panic sooner. But I still think that Duncan is a crucial part to the offense because even though he's slumping, teams still have to guard him. So it's not like they can just say, okay, he's slumping. We can just leave him there because he's Duncan Robinson. You know what he's done the past two years. You know he's going to turn it around eventually. So even if he's not making shots, he still creates spacing. So I think it's really tough for them to think about trading him this early on, especially. And in general, I, I feel like he'll be here in Miami to stay for a while, for at, at least this season. I, I don't think the panic button should be hit uh, anytime soon. That's what the guys at Ecuador de Miami, they did a mini threat, which got a shadow from Duncan Robinson himself. Gravity. 
That's what we call. And yeah, Kenneth and I have discussed it at nauseum about Duncan's contributions, even when he's not touching the ball with his off the ball movement and just the attention that the defense has to pay, has to commit to him. So, anything else on the Mavs game before we move on to the Jazz game? So, yeah, man. I mean, just in closing about the Mavericks situation, um, when you look at it in relation to how, you know, they can take that win and especially what happened in Boston and maybe move forward, maybe every night isn't going to be as good on both sides of the ball as you were able to be. You know, let's not even look at just the Mavericks, but Memphis and the Mavericks. But every night isn't going to be as poor as it is against the Celtics. You want to try to be somewhere in the middle. Um, and, you know, you needed this game. You you needed this game. It's an early wake-up call. Um, I mean, but how does that impact them moving towards the future? And to think about what's in the future, they have the Jazz coming to town on Saturday. And then we start the the, the West Coast trip. Oh, my, my, I mean, I mean, I was trying to, I was trying to, like, hold my trauma for a second. Because you know we don't win in Denver. We never win in Denver. We never win in Denver. But, but okay. See, you, you took me to a place that I wasn't prepared to go tonight. Let's, by the way, we're recording this after the Boston Celtics massacre. So if you ever hear us reference tonight, that's what we mean. Um, you can laugh, Jack. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm the thing about it, it <laughs> you, you, you can have the tonight for, for yourself, yeah, Jack, because you, you guys earned it. After oh, yeah. all, the, all the stuff that you've taken from national media and all. Oh, what's wrong with the Boston Celtics? Well, I'll, I'll, I won't give you too much credit on the Orlando Magic win because they're the Magic. Okay, but, I was about to say, JJ, because the fan council was lighting line one the hell up. Yeah, I, I think the fan council, they're probably getting tired of, of my vibe. They, they are. So. With too much Boston Celtics pat on the back. I get a man a little leeway because he was so gracious enough to join us on this podcast when I was sure we were going <laughs> to wipe them up and down the floor. But here you go, doubling down and patting them on the back afterwards. Now, I don't like it, JJ. All right, let's, let's stop move, patting let's them move on, on, on to the, the back. Jazz. Let's, let's, let's move go on to, the, to jazz. the Jazz, who are facing their own injury and ankle-related woes with their best player, with their best score at least. Donovan Mitchell did not play tonight against the Hawks, although it didn't matter. Oh, they really? The Hawks. I'm glad you mentioned beat. that because I was going to mention that they got to win anyway, so it didn't bother them that much. They beat the Hawks handedly, 116 to 98. And yeah, I have Donovan Mitchell on my fantasy team, so I already knew that he. His ankle got screwed. And I also And join us next week for the rest of JJ's fantasy roster. Oh yeah. Maybe maybe we should do that. So but wait a minute. I was brother, I was making fun of you. You you taking real ideas. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take the, I take those in stride, so don't don't think that I don't think it bothers me. So the Jazz. The now after the heat fell, I think they own the best record in the NBA. Been a really good team, regular season team the past two seasons, and yeah, that tonight they didn't miss, they didn't skip a beat. Rudy Gobert, the league's leading rebounder, he's averaging 17 rebounds per game, which is just ridiculous. We, it would be the most since Dennis Rodman in I think was 1993. I read. Although, right, yeah. man, that's 3.2 more than Bam's averaging. But anyway, yeah, 
And Bam's been great rebounding. Bam's been great rebounding the ball this year. That's what we but call yeah. a lob in the business, JJ. Dunk that oh, thing. Oh, yeah. So, Jack, we'll let you go first since you're our, our guest tonight. What are you looking forward to in the Jazz Heat game? Let me frame it this way. Based on what you saw against the Celtics, just keep it real <laughs> with me. Do you think that we have it? What, what do you think? Based on what you saw against the Celtics, you tell I mean, we, me how we, you feel. We have said that the Celtics game was basically like an aberration. because No, we, we have, but that's why we, we want him to be honest, though, because he still has to give it from some frame of mind. And what other frame of mind would he do it from, JJ? I mean, you know, we know what we <laughs> All right, go, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, I got you. The, the Jazz are one of those teams who are always very good in the regular season, and then we don't talk about how well they do in the playoffs because we know how well they do in the playoffs, and it's not great. But you, it's the regular season, so they're going to be a good team, and they always live by two things. It's their defense and their three-point shooting, and it just so happens to be that they're one of the best defensive the teams in the league as well, right, with the Heat, and they're also one of the best you know, uh, offensive teams usually, uh, and that's where the Heat usually fall off. But this year, and this game in particular, like you said, no Donovan Mitchell – I feel like they have the pieces to match up pretty well with the rest of uh, Utah's roster. Um, you, you think about the pieces Miami added this offseason defensively and how it has helped them become one of the better defensive teams. Um, the Utah Jazz are actually slumping from three a little bit this year. In comparison, they're down around, I believe, 35%, which for them is not very good because they were a top three team last year. So if there's ever a time for the Heat to have a bounce back game against a good opponent, I think it's tonight. Uh, obviously, struggles against the Celtics shooting the ball. I don't think this Miami Heat team is one to take losses lightly, especially with the players they have. Like, if you're telling me Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry are going to go back to the locker room and say, oh, darn it, we'll get them next. No, they're going to be pissed. They're going to be mad that they lost to a <laughs> Celtics team that was struggling that bad. And they're going to go into Utah, who is probably without Donovan Mitchell. I don't know how bad uh, the ankle injury is. And, and they're going to come mean- to play. The ankle, when I was watching the game, because I did catch a bit of the Jazz game last night before they came into Atlanta, the roll looked pretty bad. Bad, You know it's really bad when a guy basically takes himself out of the game and he doesn't go to the bench, he goes straight to the locker room. It was, yeah, yeah pretty bad. Yeah, like Kyle okay. Lowry did, man, which really hurt me, by the way. So I just had to throw that in oh, yeah. there. I think we can scratch off Kyle Lowry for a Saturday night game. Yeah, that, I mean, it's something to bring up, but... You bring up an interesting point, which is the thing that I was going to tackle, Jack. Um, Coming off of this game, knowing who the Jazz are and also knowing that we need to go ahead and get this one against them because we go see them a week from Saturday in Utah. Um, I think they'll have a definite sense of urgency and a sense of purpose. And again, I mean, as mentioned by both of us here, the cherry on top is especially coming off this loss to the Celtics. So I think we stand a pretty good chance of, you know, getting that done on Saturday. And only and I'm going to be honest with you, if we had won this game tonight, I would be a little bit more afraid going into Saturday, but coming off of this defeat, um, and especially with the guys you mentioned, Jimmy Butler, Cal Laurie, and I, again, JJ, like you said, Cal Laurie probably won't play. Um, just the mentality that those guys will have. And even if you look at a guy like Tyler, who can get pretty fired up and had a poor game tonight, um, I think we have a pretty good chance of winning that game on Saturday. Now, that doesn't mean that we are going to win it, because I would have told you we were going to beat the Celtics tonight. But 
Things yeah. happen. Now, Kenneth, with Kyle, with Kyle Lowry being out, dare I say, for the West Coast trip at least, because that roll, that rolled ankle looked pretty bad, and ankle sprains usually take a couple of weeks to heal. So I, I, I would, I won't push back totally on that, but I'll use this as evidence. He injured. He had an ankle, you know, same same type of roll situation against Milwaukee, right? I mean, he didn't look as bad against Milwaukee, though. I say he, that the slow mo made it probably made it look a little worse than it was. Um, but we were yes. It, once again, it's we the were, fact that he that he we were to, shocked when he came back during that game. You know what I mean? Yeah, he came back into the game this this time. He just straight up went into a locker room by himself. We were also down. Well, he went. In, I thought he went into the locker room during the first one. And I'm not calling. I'm just asking. I thought I thought I remember him going straight to the locker room then as well. But they didn't rule him out immediately. Afterwards. Well, it was Tonight also earlier, and we weren't down by twenty. I don't know, man. I think I think this one. I think being nice. down by twenty has a lot to do with that. I just think this. Well, hopefully he. I'm, I'm not saying I'm. I, I'm not. I obviously wish he was out there with the guys because the team feels much better with him running the point. And we don't even know for sure if he's going to be out this Saturday. We want to make that clear because we're just thinking out loud after the game against the Celtics where it first happened. We don't know anything, but just based on, you know, common and smart assumptions, we're assuming he won't be out this Saturday. I'm 80% sure he won't play this Saturday at least. That's fair. I'll go 75%, but you know me. Yeah. I hold out hope, baby. Ever the contrarian. Well, so, I'm an optimist as well, brother. <laughs> Let's go to this other topic that I want to touch on. With Kyle Lowry going down tonight, do you think we go back to the Gabe Benson starting point guard experiment that we experienced in Indiana, which, again, resulted in a very frustrating loss against them? Or do you think Tyler Hero gets to nod? To be completely honest with you at this point, um, I don't know. I because Vincent hasn't has I could I would say he hasn't played because he's just been a garbage time addition to a substitution to the games. I would say yes, and the reason I'll say that is if Max Struess was still healthy and playing right now, I might dare say that Hero gets the start. And then you begin to stagger Hero's minutes or stagger all the starters' minutes with the bench and the starting unit. However, with Struess out, you really need another guy who can be your perimeter offense, who can create a little bit off the bounce and do a little bit of everything for that second unit to give them more juice. Um, because if you look at the guys, Marquis Morris, Dwayne Dedman, those guys that play off the second unit, they play better off of other people. So... I think because you don't have Struess in the lineup right now that you have to leave Hero with that second unit. I don't think you can afford to not have him be that battery for them. Which, again, would revert us back to hopefully we don't look as we did last season because that Indiana game was pretty reminiscent of how the Heat played last season. Jack. Absolutely. But I, I will offer you. this. But I do want to get Jack's take too. But I will offer this. This is, you know, this has been my thing about the Indiana game, and it, and it's damn ironic to you know the Celtics game, bro. Like the the Brissette, the Brissette offensive rebound when the game oh, yeah, was that. tied in overtime. It, it sticks with me. Like that was poor effort. And don't get me wrong. You could say if you, and not to say if your point is, but there may be a correlation. 
Like the way we played last year was a lot slower, a lot less pace. But that transfer of energy, a lack of energy transfer, might transfer into our effort. But then Lloyd was in tonight. And the Celtics were the reason that prevented us from getting out to being such a pace team. And it could be the same effect no matter what causes it, if that makes sense. Jack, what do you think about this whole point guard situation with Kyle Lowry going down and on an upcoming West Coast trip with a slew of tough opponents? Yeah, so, I mean, not to bring a Celtics perspective in again, but... Uh, no, that's why you're here, brother. Yeah, Brad Stevens <laughs> all last year... Um, oh, not to talk there. about Brad Stevens, though. You mean the goddess? I'm joking. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. I'm just um, joking. <laughs> obviously, we all know Kemba Walker played like half the games last season dealing with injuries. There were games where Brad Stevens would start Trayvon Waters instead of Peyton Pritchard just to keep the, the bench the same. And it, it, it was painful. But in that sense, it was painful because the Celtics didn't have the depth to deal with it. Tyler Hero is such a unique case because he's playing so well in the role I feel like I don't think Spolstra will switch him to the starting lineup just for a few games I think it depends on how long Larry's out because if this is going to be a multi-week thing I don't think they'd go with Vincent for that long but if Larry will be out for three games I don't see any reason to mess up Hero's flow off the bench so I think we'll that, probably that's know, what I'm thinking we'll probably know Gosh, I hope we know by tomorrow. Oh, definitely. Mm. We'll know We'll know by tomorrow what their plans are for Laura. Because, I mean, you got to imagine, they've done all of their analysis tonight. They'll know exactly what's going on with him before tonight's over. They'll probably either have him do an MRI scan tonight or tomorrow morning. I'm no doctor, but I think that's how usually things go as they're reported. But, yeah, by tomorrow we should know Lowry's, the full extent of Lowry's injury. Uh, anything else on the Jazz game before we get out of here? Um, I mean, I think that this win against, I mean, I think that you need to get this win against the Jazz because as we mentioned, we don't play well against Denver, which is the first game of that road trip. Um, and the, fo the you know, the immediate following game, I want to say, um, it's you your last back game. The LA back to back after that. Oh, so you you got the L.A. back-to-back -back after this? I thought Denver was the first game on that road trip. Maybe I'm mistaken. I'm sorry. No, yeah, yeah. no I'm sorry. After oh, Denver you're saying – right. Well, yeah, you're speaking towards my point, though. Like, you got that – you got a tough road trip, bro. And even though there there is good news, um, I want to say that um, – and not that oh, they're LeBron. great anyway. LeBron, LeBron is out for a week. week. So we don't – you know, we probably won't face a Lakers team with him. And not that – He scares me. You don't want to see LeBron, but we're in a space right now where I don't know. Without Cal Laurie, I don't know if we're going to come off that road trip 500. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hopefully, injury-wise, we come out on scathe because... Well, that's, that's always tough, too, because there was a point at the end of the game where Tyler Hero looked like he might have tweaked his ankle and it scared the hell out of me. Bam was got up limping after a play as well. I mean, yep. After the PJ Tyler Tucker, Hero pass where he jammed his ankle, I mean his yeah. knee or his leg or something. PJ Tucker jammed his his finger. At Cowler jammed game. his finger as well. Yeah, like I just. Oh, hope this was that a bloodbath. They came in to injure us. I know what was going on. Now they came in to maim us. They didn't try to I win just, the game. That just happened. I, I just hope that next week, 
they I'm just hoping that they survive because one the national media love was starting to seem a bit suspect to me because you know we like to fly under the radar we were getting the most attention we have ever gotten ever since LeBron was here this early in the season so yeah we like to fly under the radar and I think as soon as I saw what I think Rich Nurse said it best he's a right ahead all you can heat um, he basically said, man, listen, all the national media wasn't paying us any attention. Then they jumped on and the bandwagon got too heavy. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to put it. Jack, any thoughts upcoming West Coast trip or the Jazz game? Yeah, I think it's going to be the toughest stretch probably in a row obviously they played brooklyn they played milwaukee and those were tough games in their own right but this stretch alone even the lakers without lebron is going to be hard like you said they always you know have a tough time in denver uh the jazz game isn't going to be easy even without donovan mitchell because they're they're a deep team um the clippers are struggling a bit but they're still all right lakers even without lebron they've got talent I mean, it's just tough, man. Yeah, it's going to be very hard. And like I said, I think it's going to be the toughest stretch uh, of games in a row uh, for the Heat so far. We did this. Anything else on the Celtics? We did discuss this, and oh, come on. I'll go ahead, Jason. <laughs> uh, the Celtics. I mean, if you want my last thoughts, I'm just happy yeah. to see them playing basketball again. I- I'm upset Jalen Brown's out. I hope that's not anything serious. But they just said it was tightness, so that that's my main worry at the moment. Yeah, well, you know about hamstrings. They could, they could just say day to day, and you'll go. Hold on, they said he was out. He Wait a minute, what? What's up with that? Yeah, yeah, he's he, out for the rest of the game. He got a hamstring strain. Ah, okay. I do apologize. I, I came in here to start the post game piece once I realized we were going to lose by twenty. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but you know, Jack, we don't. We over here at the three or five culture, we like Jalen Brown, even though he's a Celtic. We we like Jalen Brown. Respect. We were just. I like yeah, Brown. We do like Jalen Brown. <laughs> But, you know, the thing about hamstrings, as we have seen, is that they usually say, oh, he'll be back. But hamstrings are tricky. And once again, I'm no doctor, but we can base it off of of what other players have gone through. I mean, just look at James Harden for crying out loud. Yeah, James Harden, he looks like he's mm-hmm. stuck in the mud. Although, Jack, let me before we, we go, I want to ask you, when's the when is the Celtics West Coast trip that looks similar to ours because I know that you guys will have one soon probably um I don't see a trip anytime in the near future they have a couple stretch uh, or a little stretch I should say uh, against west coast teams but it's home so I don't think the Celtics go out west uh, until the beginning of December actually yeah at the beginning of December they face the Jazz the Blazers Lakers Clippers Suns so hey, they got a month before that yeah, that's a pretty oh, tough yeah. stretch too, though. I mean, even though the Portland they're playing like crap right now, you you. I mean, <laughs> when you're yeah. talking Jazz, Phoenix, Lakers, you said Clippers as well, right? Yeah, and both you got LA the teams. you got the LA back to back, or they spread right. it out. Uh, yeah, LA back to back, and then sa- those are sandwiched between games versus the Raptors, Sixers, and then after the West Coast trip, they got Bucks, Warriors, Knicks. So very nice. very tough December. Oh man, nice. That's, That's three losses. Yes. Nice. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I mean, hey, they they threw the gauntlet us at us to start the season, and we've handled it pretty well so far. Oh no, and I think next... we look, man. Considering what you know, what we thought it could have meant, I think we've handled it very well. I mean, so even with the again, 
this Celtics loss hurt, man, but I'm not as hurt as I could have been. And I think I said that when me and JJ first got on for the pre-pod talk. I mean, for the pre-pod talk, and then we're going to get up out of here. But um, this loss didn't hurt as much as it could have because I know this isn't the Heat. If the Heat had a came out and were themselves and just got beat by the Celtics, I would feel much worse about this game than I actually do. But the Heat weren't themselves. As we said, this game was an aberration. So... I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Before we go, Jack, where can our audience find you? Yeah, shout out all your stuff, man. Anything you do, shout it out. I'll just bleep out anything we have, I hate. We have a motto here <laughs> which we say, no such thing as a, as a shameless plug. No such uh, thing. Love that. I love that. No, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Jack Simone NBA. Uh, also on Twitter at Bannertown USA. That's, that's my Celtics website that I've brought up from the ground by myself. Uh, and then, yeah, you don't have to like it, but uh, Instagram <laughs> Instagram is Jack T Simone. I'm not there on there as often. Still, Kenneth, you, he doesn't post. He doesn't <laughs> post. Oh my god, not an Instagram cool. guy. Not an Instagram guy. The Twitter Jack Simone NBA though is the main place. So I appreciate you guys having me though. This was fun. Thank you. Also, yeah, thank check you. the guy out at Hoops Habit too, man. Hoops Habit. Uh, there you um, go. Yeah. Com, Hoops also Habit that. Twitter. He, I guess he forgot. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, such a humble guy. It, if the Heat keep playing this well, there's going to be an an influx uh, of Heat content outside of obviously tonight go Celtics, but that that'll oh. that'll be it for the Celtics. Talk. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, keep keep it coming. We want some more Heat. Do content. we have a hang up button, JJ? You can you can bleep that out if you need to. Do we have a hang up button. <laughs> I have a stop recording button, but then we'll oh, well, be able well, to say Oh, wait a minute. Goodbye. We got something we got to do before you do that. <laughs> so, Jack, thank you so much for coming on. I'm Absolutely, not a I'm not a huge it. Instagram guy as well, although I like to post some some film. Oh, he like to post too. some glamour shots though, Jack. <laughs> he says he's not a huge Instagram guy. If you go to his Instagram, uh, that's page, every that's every on, once in a while. He's on there looking like freaking GQ. He's on you know GQ PR <laughs> edition. You know what I mean? All <laughs> oh, slicked yeah. back and, oh, yeah. and swoop to the side. And then he makes excuses uh, about the pictures. But anyway, I'm not gonna tell him. That's all awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, you gotta. You gotta keep the audience engaged. Anyway. Oh my god, this guy. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the 305 Culture Podcast. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also leave a short review on a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. It helps the algorithm and it helps other people find our show. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at 305 Culture Pod. JJ, you almost got a little caught up there, man. You didn't ask your question, so I wouldn't have been able to ask you. Where can they find you, though, my friend? They can find me on Twitter at JJ Rivera NBA. That's at JJ Rivera R I V S in Victor E R A N B A. And you can find me on Instagram at J Rivera ninety eight. That's J A I R O R I V S in Victor. Once again, E R A ninety eight. And where can they find you, my friend? They can find me on Instagram where you post those GQ Puerto Rico shots on yours at I am K Saris. Again, my Instagram people is I am K Saris. That's I A M K C I R R U S. And you can find me on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. That's K underscore S A I D underscore Q U E. Again, K said K on Twitter. We appreciate you guys. We absolutely just love the fact that, you know, somebody's listening to us and as long as somebody's listening to us we'll keep on doing it thanks guys absolutely absolutely so thank you for listening see you next week bye bye